In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May all be seated. So today's gospel is one that I remember quite well from my childhood um, in the Roman Catholic Church uh, many, 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 many years ago. (laughs) For me and uh, my fellow little Catholic kids back in those days, um, that story is simply the story of how Peter got to be the first pope. Um, And because for little Catholic kids back in the day, a pope was a pretty big deal, um, we remembered that story and were always very excited to hear it. Uh, Now we're Episcopalians here, and we don't all have exactly the same viewpoint about popes. Um, So for today, I thought it might be safer and certainly more entertaining to think of our gospel as the story of the first and the shortest dean search in the entire history of the Christian faith. So I do need to clarify that I don't mean that shorter means better. Um, For one thing, with only the disciples present, they had very few people to consider And for another thing, they had Jesus with them in the flesh. And you have to admit that if you could hear directly from the Son of God, it would make a lot of things go a lot faster in the church. (laughs) They had an unfair advantage. So in our story, Jesus selected Peter because Peter correctly identified him as the Son of God. And, as Jesus told Peter, flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. Peter was transformed by hearing the truth spoken by God. Peter, that most headstrong and perhaps most heartfelt disciple, was never easy to convince about anything, and Jesus knew that well. So Jesus knew and acknowledged that God, and thus Jesus selected him for leadership. Now, when I looked at the texts for this week, I just went around and around and around and around, and I I learned a lot about Matthew. Um... But it occurred to me that the combination of our gospel text and our reading for Romans say a lot about being church. And I'll be honest, that occurred to me because they reminded me so much of you, of this parish, this church, this particular configuration of the body of Christ. So first of all, we learn that church is community. Our whole bodies, our whole selves here together, working, praying, learning, drinking coffee, worrying, arguing, 
together. That's an interesting point because so many people today are Christians in their belief, but they don't see a reason or a need to be part of a community. Now, Jesus might not have articulated his vision of community explicitly in today's text, but we have to remember that in Jesus' time, and particularly in Jesus' culture, our idea, or at least the white Western European ancestry idea of ourselves as primarily individuals would not have made any sense. And indeed, in much of the world today, our construction of ourselves as primarily individuals with kind of minimal connections to others doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Jesus would have assumed that his disciples knew that really we're not at our best when we go it alone. To be sure, community can be toxic, but so can solitude. Peter's selection story tells us that if we are church, we are to be a particular sort of community, one that is about hearing the wisdom and the will of God. We are not simply a civic or economic organization, and our decisions are not to be made solely on business principles, um, that we are God's community. And we are called to hear God's vision for us and to bring that as best as we humanly can into reality for ourselves inside these walls and our brothers and our sisters who, at the moment, are not inside these walls. Paul states this even more strongly when he directs us, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God. And, as we heard last week, the will of God often stands in stark opposition to the way things are in the world. That calls us to look at ourselves and our human priorities in a different way so that we may make inner changes and work towards outer changes. Discerning what is God's will in an environment that is so bold, so loud, so clamorous, so intense as our current culture is very hard to do on our own. We do need one another. Now, mind you, I'm not saying that discerning God's will is easy in community even though it might be helpful for us to let go of our radical individualism a bit at times, the fact remains that people disagree very strongly about what God's will is on any issue. And if we can get ourselves to agree about what God's will is, we do tend to disagree about how to act in accordance with that will. We stumble. 
We make mistakes. We bruise each other. We cause pain to one another, often with the very best of intentions. That's human nature, and it always has been. My first seminary course in Christian history was taught by a professor whose goal was that no one should leave his class wishing that the church could get back to the early days when everyone got along. (laughs) There is no there there. We have always needed grace. Fortunately for us, Peter's story also tells us that God does not call us into community because we're perfect. We know that Peter was not perfect. In fact, in the very next chapter of Matthew's gospel, after being named Jesus' rock, Peter will make Jesus' eyes roll one more time. I won't say more because I think that's next week's gospel. And we haven't even gotten to Peter's missing the point of the transfiguration entirely, and we haven't even gotten to his denial of Jesus at the very end. Peter is human, so very human, just like each and every one of us is human. Peter struggles to understand God, just like each and every one of us struggles to understand God. And yet Jesus loves him, loves him profoundly, the same way that Jesus loves each and every one of us. And Jesus sees in Peter in today's gospel what will be needed to guide the followers once Jesus is no longer with them. In seeing Peter's strengths, Jesus shows another reason why we are called to be in community, and that's also outlined by Paul. Paul tells us that we are one body in Christ with many functions. He also tells us that in our communities, each person has gifts that are given by God. These gifts, when we are at our best, work together to accomplish things that we could never do without each and every person. So our texts today are a strong hope that communities can actually work in beautiful ways, even as we acknowledge that they do not always do so. So what about this church, this community? St. John's has recently completed a dean search that took a bit longer than the selection of Peter. It took longer, as I mentioned, because there were more than 12 of you and because Jesus Christ was not present body and soul in all of your meetings to give you the names. But those are differences really only of form. More importantly, your decision-making was based on discerning the will of God. You sought that will in so many ways, through visions, through stories, through shared conversations, through individual conversations, 
and through both shared and individual prayer. You endured a lengthy time of transition, and I am sure that everyone involved in the search lost patience or focus at least once. I would be stunned if you hadn't. Some left because that happens. Some came because that happens. There was loss. You've said goodbye to so many beloved persons in leadership to whom you had given your hearts. There is still mourning to be done, and that will take time. But you functioned in community, and the differing and wonderful gifts that so many people brought found so many ways to flower and grow. It was a complex task, and there was room for every set of skills and every vision involved. You exemplified Paul's description of working as a body in Christ. There was and there is a place for all kinds of people here. You formed new bonds by working together so closely as you kept this church moving forward, replaced the roof over our heads, and still continued a search process. And now the biggest piece is over. You have called a wonderful new dean who has brought wonderful staff to walk with you in the next years of your history. You have brought this process to a very happy close, and you are embracing your new leadership in welcome, which is as it should be. Perhaps more quietly, you are mourning the losses, which is also as it should be, although not as much fun. But you have good people here, people who will be here for the long term, and you can talk to them about that, and they will understand and offer hope and guidance and prayer along the way. Successful ending. Is it true that now that we have a new dean, everything can settle down and go smoothly? Wouldn't that be nice? Our texts don't support that vision, however. Jesus did pick Peter, but the lives of his followers were not without challenge. Only in the next chapter, that's as far as you have to go to see it. Life never is without difficulty, actually. Church or no church, community or no community. So I don't expect your life as St. John's to be without difficulty. But what I do know, and what science tells us, is that one way that individuals, and I believe communities, can develop senses of inner strength and esteem is to face challenging activities, bring them to conclusion, and then acknowledge the skills and gifts that have brought them there and realize that those skills and gifts and experiences are part of our DNA now, part of what we carry forward. That's true for people of all ages 
and I believe it's true for churches as well. You folks have added a lot to your DNA in the last few years. You have really done some incredible things. You will continue to be called, and you will know that you can discern and hear the will of God, and you will know that you can come together, and you will know that the skills and gifts exist here to do the things that need to be done. Whatever the challenges you face, my hope and prayer for you is that you'll keep today's texts in mind and realize how well they describe who you are and what you can do. It's time now. It's time for the next chapter of the life of this parish. And while it may not be without difficulty, I believe it's going to be absolutely incredible. Amen.